Hello listeners and welcome back to the Total Football Analysis Podcast. I'm your host Adam Scully and we're back with another regular episode of the TFA Podcast. A moment of very special guest. We've had a lot of managers on the podcast recently, some with incredible CVs and I've been blessed that I've been allowed to interview them and ask them questions about their craft. On today's episode we have someone who has incredible history as a coach with experience managing in Serie A and it's certainly not every day you get to speak to a coach good enough to work in Italy's top flight division. I'm delighted to have Gabriella Cioffi joining us today, a man who I've written about as recently as last summer, analysing his tactical philosophy ahead of taking the Hellas Verona job just a few months back. Gabriella has been all over the world, from Italy to Australia to the UAE to England. His experience in different footballing cultures is unrivaled. Gabriella kindly took an hour out of his day to discuss all things football tactics, management, coaching, the importance of learning from different cultural environments, the importance of education as a coach, and so, so much more. Before we begin, though, please make sure to rate the podcast five stars, hopefully. It's greatly appreciated, and it helps us to grow the podcast and to get more and more excellent guests like Gabriella on. So now, without further ado, let's go speak to Gabriella. Gabriella, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? My pleasure. I'm fine. I hope you're away too. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm really looking forward. I was, I was really looking forward to, to interviewing, of course, because um, when you agreed to come on, I was genuinely extremely excited. There's a million questions I want to ask you. Um, I, I obviously won't be able to go through them all, but I'm going to try my best. Um, okay. I, I would like to go back to kind of where it all started <laughs> for you anyway as a coach. You had you had quite a long playing career, but it spanned about two decades and I want to know, was there a point within that 20 year spell where you knew you wanted to go into coaching? That there, or was there a s- specific moment you can pinpoint and say, yes, that was the moment I knew I wanted to go into coaching? Or was it just something you kind of went into after you finished playing? Honestly, I'm, I always had the feeling inside, inside of myself that I would never uh, stop to be involved in mm. the football environment. So I, uh, when I begin to play, I I couldn't know uh, in in which position, in which role. So, uh, but let's say around uh, 26, 27, when the, your career is almost over. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, my started because I reached the Serie A when I was thirty. I, I realized that the the right place for me wasn't uh, wouldn't be as a sporting director or as a team manager or whatever, but as a coach. And and so the 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 the, the passing between uh, one career and the other mm-hmm. was uh, pretty, pretty smooth. Yeah, you didn't take any time out after you retired either. I believe you went straight into coaching. Then with Carpi was it as the assistant? So, so exactly, straight away from from the pitch to the bench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I I said to myself, better uh, a young coach than an old player. So. Yeah. And what was the transition like then for you? Was it something you coped well with going from the, I suppose, literally f- having played for 20 years straight into the, the coaching environment? Um, uh, pretty easy in terms of relations uh, with, uh, with a teammate mm-hmm. because um, as soon as you get in older and of course you, you start to play lower division, it's easier to use, uh, in Italy we say, it's easier to use the tongue. <laughs> Then the run. <laughs> so you start to to coach to coach and the way you are on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, so you demand also the the intensity. And I've been lucky at that time to have uh, good coaches too who allowed me and who uh, understood 
what I was doing. I wasn't asking their job, but I was doing a, I was uh, doing a, a, so, a sort of mutation on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Not, don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Then we were lucky. We won the league, so everything was uh, was easier for for everyone. That must have been an amazing experience. I think then you went to uh, Gavarano, I believe, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, as the the head coach. But then you got a call from a friend of yours to go to Australia, and I believe this is the first time you moved. You you went to work abroad anyway. I think in a, in a, in a different yeah. country. Is that correct? What was that like? Yes. Was that um? I'd imagine that's quite scary when you've you've worked in a, you've lived in a country for so long that you then kind of completely change environments and you move literally across the world. What's what's what was that like? Did that experience in Australia? Okay, uh, wasn't easy, uh, but uh, to the honor of the truth, I have to say that um, I've been fired in Gaborano, and um, so I, ha- I had a spell of. Uh, let's say four, five, six months, where the te- uh, my mobile did a ring. So um, you are used as a mental approach to wait the call. So to don't be proactive. And the football player used are called to, to get a job or yeah. to, you don't have to chase uh, or meet people. So the, the, the mobile did a, did a, did a ring and uh, literally my was a, a way to to say, okay, Italy, you don't want me, I don't want you to. So I've been creative. I start to call, and uh, one day uh, this friend of mine pick up the phone and say, okay, I like your idea. Let's move over here. And uh, scared? No, excited. I was excited because I want to uh, to show. Because at the beginning is when you when there is this transition from player to to coach. You want to show to the other. So I left Italy to show to the other that I was able. In reality, um, when the, the years passed, I understood uh, that you have to, to show to yourself mm-hmm. the why you are moving. And if you understand the why you are moving, you're starting, is the moment you're starting to be successful. So I was excited. I was, uh, Full of energy, full of um, initiative. It makes sense if I say initiative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, was an amazing experience. Um, the I'm, I'm I'm a curious person in general, and mm. at that moment of time, I was uh, curious to to learn from dif- a different culture. Uh, yeah. Because I think if you are keen to learn, um, despite if you're talking about life or you're talking about uh, sports or whatever, you are keen to grow. And I agree with a lot at that period and I enjoy the time. Mm-hmm. You did an interview, I believe, last year with, it, it may have been The Guardian, Nicky Bandini, I believe. It, it could have been, I think, was the, the, the journalist. Guardian, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, um, or, or in it, sorry, you said that you kind of, throw yourself into these experiences because you want to, you just said when, when experience comes along or an opportunity, you want to take it. And I, I thought that was really interesting because there's that famous quote, I think from um, businessman, uh, uh, Bridget Branson. And he says kind of, you know, if you get an opportunity, take it and figure it out when you, when you do it. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. And I, I really liked that. I thought it was a, a oh, really okay. good um, approach. Cool. I did it. So now we have to share the quote because I didn't know about that. <laughs> the, um, afterwards, so then you, 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 you got an opportunity then to 
become the I believe it was the assistant manager, assistant coach under Heng Teng Kata. Have I pronounced that correctly? Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, in um in uh, the Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera club, he was the assistant manager to uh, Frank Rijkaard, I believe, when he they won the Champions League in 2006. He was also the assistant manager to Avram Grant when Chelsea reached the Champions League final in 2008. What was that experience like? He was a really experienced coach with a lot of skin in the game, and you got to work under him. And it must have been a, a you must have learned a lot during that time. Yeah, I did. I did, and. Um... At that moment of time, I was uh, a bit too passionate to show what I could add to his career. And he was uh, sometimes passionate, sometimes not, to listen to me. And by the way, I learned a lot from Hank. He's a, um, he's a tough manager because he's not a manager easy to work with. Uh, but we, we, we were successful together. And I think I had to his approach uh, something uh, that allowed us uh, uh, to win and to win to keep going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can say the two percent, the one percent, because of course he was the boss, he was the manager. He has he, uh, his idea of football uh, was and is still very clear, clear, and totally the opposite of mine because uh, he came from a different country, a different mentality to approach sport. So I learned a lot and I, a lot of his stuff now are part of my luggage. Mm-hmm. I, this is something I'm really interested in because I asked a lot of head coaches, this and professional managers about their relationship with their assistant coaches and their assistant managers, because I know that Eric Ten Hag, so of course he's at Manchester United now, and you have his assistant, Mitchell van der Gag. They were together at Ajax. Mitchell van der Gag was a very defensive coach when he was actually managing in the Netherlands. He was very defensive. Whereas Eric Ten Hag is obviously proactive. He wants the ball. He wants to be attack-minded. But they work so well together because they're kind of like like opposites attract. They're kind of like polar opposites to each other. Um, did you did you find it was important to have different ideas to your head coach? Or did you, when you were working as a, an assistant coach or an assistant manager, or did you find it was more important to have the same idea of how football should be played? Okay, let's say that um, the idea should be more or less on the same range mm-hmm. so uh, you can't love uh, the manager can love Tiki Taka you as assistant you can't say okay I want just uh, kick a rush so it's not it's not uh, effective for the squad for the team uh, for the staff team mm-hmm. uh, my idea was pretty pretty the same of the Enk idea of football so playing 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 but with a, in a more wise way, so with the, some tactical aspects that are part of the, my culture. And I think uh, this will fit very well with, uh, with him. Uh, so I, I learned a lot from him mm-hmm. in terms of uh, how to be dedicated, how to be um, also relentless in the, uh, in, in the way you deliver your, uh, your belief. Because sometimes I'm, I was at that time uh, more easy. Okay, it's not working in this way. Okay, I will find another way. But he showed me, he showed me that uh, if you are like an ember, okay, do it, do it, do it mm-hmm. in this way, 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 in this way. Uh, we made it, and I learned this because uh, sometimes uh, practice, 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 even the same stuff, uh, the, even the same drill, of, of course with. We are mm-hmm. talking about a top manager, so it's nothing easy or simple. 
you can you can reach the the goal you you have in your mind or the club goal or whatever so more or less uh, to answer to your question we were on the same page let's say that i was uh, on the same page of book one i was on the same page of book four so. <laughs> i like that i like that answer um so you did you worked under a, a number of different coaches of course Gianfranco Zola was one that got the you had Henk as well did your role differ under each <coughs> each different manager depending on what they were like so maybe under Gianfranco you were more in charge of opposition analysis or how did it work did you always have the same role or did you have different responsibilities with it under each coach well, more or less uh, the same responsibility mm-hmm. so didn't change so much didn't change so much of course change uh, the style of the manager style of play but uh, the responsibility, I think, in a modern staff, uh, has to be role and responsibility well clear and defined. But as soon the uh, the role and responsibility are defined and clear, you can mix it up a bit. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is not that I have to talk about physical condition, but when you plan a session and when you watch a session uh, at the end of the of the day. You have to involve the analyst and the analyst already watched the session twice the one is watching with you and previously from the laptop then probably someone live so mm-hmm. it's, it's about uh share idea and all these ideas shared from the staff from the system manager the first team coach okay i will go to the manager so you you clear it up a bit and you give two main point to discuss for the next session or for the next time you're gonna are gonna to work on uh, some aspect of your philosophy. So pr- pretty much was the same. Was it hard to adapt to different to different coaches then? Because you touched on there that different managers would have different preferred styles of play. And obviously they won't always be the same. So Henk could be different to Gianfranco and Gianfranco would probably be different to Luca as well when you worked under him. Is that hard to adapt to because you've just gone from one style of play to another and you have to kind of adapt your Maybe if the, maybe you have to adapt your thinking. I mean, you're obviously a better place to tell me about that than, than I would. How did you find that experience? Um, uh, a stimulant makes sense if I say stimulant, mm-hmm. um, uh, because um, Hank had, had a style of play. Um, at the beginning, was my first uh, experience as coaching assistant, coach assistant, manager assistant. So I was. Uh, uh, probably too impetus to uh, let's say too passionate but i during the time i had the chance after almost two years to calibrate myself on ink then suddenly changed Gianfranco. there's a to- totally different completely different uh, uh, approach on the human side and uh, pretty similar style of football so was mm-hmm. i i felt myself excited to to try to recalibrate uh, myself on him and the same approach I, I had more experience so what I was with Luca where I had the experience of Hank, the experience of Gianfranco so it was uh, easier and mm-hmm. I spent two good good uh, good year with him and I have to thank him a lot yeah your first experience in England was with Birmingham which from those that live in the UK will know that the Birmingham accent is incredibly, incredibly difficult to understand. I would, I'm, I'm not just asking about the accent, but how would, how did you find your first experience working in English football then? Uh, okay. I believe in the human being. Mm-hmm. So I think that it doesn't matter the culture. 
I think the person in front of me is a good people, is a good person, has a good blood. Mm-hmm. So I tell you this funny story because we arrived on Thursday and we had the game on, on, on Saturday. And Gianfranco said to me, okay, Gab, you are with me, you are in charge. So uh, show to the boys how we want to uh, make this trap to the opponent, I don't remember where. So I start to talk in my broken in my broken English. At the time, was even worse than my words now. Uh, and uh, and the boys were committed, but not because me, mm-hmm. probably because my body language, but not for sure for what I was trying to say, and, but because they were respecting Gianfranco. And uh, I asked them, Go, okay, do this, do this, do that, do this. And as you as you know in England. They are very, they go 100. When they go 100, they don't have midway. It's not, it's not 50. There is zero or 100. Okay. Bam, 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 bam. I say, okay, well done. Good. Well done, boys. One of the, the captain uh, made, me, made me a question, asked me a question, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get one word. So <laughs> I, try, I try to be smart, uh, replying something that, I say, okay, more or less, he, he could ask me this because yeah. in this situation can happen this. And Gianfranco, so I replied to him and Gianfranco, very politely, no, Gab, probably you misunderstood the question. <laughs> he was asking completely something different. <laughs> so this was my first day in England. It was pretty tough. But as I said before, I found uh, a, um, a bunch of players uh, devoted yeah. to to the Gianfranco philosophy, mm-hmm. to devoted to learn, and uh, and then uh, you can um, if you if you open uh, the door of yourself, I mean, of your character, of your personality, and the people in front of you do the same, you find the connection. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. the language, and and this happened in Birmingham. Unfortunately, we were lucky with several results. Uh, our fault, uh, mm-hmm. and most is our fault. The rest is not only our responsibility, but wasn't easy not to protect Gianfranco, but wasn't. How did you look to set up then at Birmingham, tactically anyway, when you first came in? Because obviously you would want to, to, cha- to change things from the previous coaching staff that were there. You'll want to make tactical tweaks, tweaks off, up, off the pitch too, so fundamentally on the training ground or just around the, the kind of the squad. What did you look to change when you first went in? Um, of course, Gianfranco... Uh, we are talking about uh, of an idol. Mm-hmm. So if a club call an idol to coach uh, and to manage, uh, it's not about uh, how, much time, how much time I have uh, to change the mentality, to change this. To, so you want to go straight to the point and say, okay, we do this, we start from day one doing this. And it's a managerial choice. Um, so we start uh, from day one uh, with our job on the pitch uh, with our request on the pitch uh, um, and and that was so probably not so, I don't know now uh, after you saw the results you can say that wasn't the right choice but you never know in life so the manager said there we go there because uh Honestly, at that moment, we thought that was the right thing to do. You stayed then in English in English football, I believe. Maybe you didn't. Stay but did, in I, did, I, did I answer to your question or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yes, ah, okay, yes, okay, yes, okay, of course. okay, okay, okay. You stayed in English football then, and you went to 
Crawley Town. Now, League Two especially has a kind of uh, maybe a, a false belief. There's a false belief that people think that League Two is very it's a very physical league and not so much tactical. Actually, I, I shouldn't say it's a false belief because I'm, I'm I'm asking you: Do you believe it's a false belief, or you know, coming from the championship is especially in recent years has become very technical as well. You've some incredible teams in the champion. Look at Burnley this season under Vincent Company, how well they play to play some beautiful football. League Two obviously has a a name for being very physical. Did you find it like that? Did you find it was more physical than tactical? You know, very very tough battles, very grueling at times. You know, uh, I I I found um, championship very physical, and I did expect that. League two, no, honestly, is a as you said is a is a uh, false thought, as you said. Um, mm. Yeah, false. Yeah, yeah. Uh, false, um, and it's false too. That is a uh, is kick and rush. Mm-hmm. As what I was betting because I, I found a, a really good manager. If I have to pick, probably the best one. Uh, uh, not sure to the name, but David David Artel. So I'm sure. To... I've I've interviewed David Artel on this podcast. He was a great yes, great guest. Uh, yeah, with uh, Alexander. Um, and to be honest, uh, he make me uh, head big like a ball. With this style of football, and uh, I need uh, 15 minutes to to understand what he was doing on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, is like a decade in football, 15 minutes, and we were already losing two nil. Uh, so chapeau to him. I was really impressed. That that, that was one of my first game. Uh, to the honor of the truth, we do that game. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I'm not, not sure. No, no, maybe is I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, I think yeah. we lo- we lost both times against him. So um, I have big respect on him, and from there changed my idea, my approach to the to, le- to the league. Uh, so is let's say that now Premier League, thanks to English manager, thanks to foreign manager, and that mix it up a bit. So we are not talking anymore about English football. So the label of, uh, I th- uh, in my opinion, the label of uh, Italian football, uh, Catenaccio, Spanish football, Tiki Taka, or English football, Kick and Rush. We are talking about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now we are talking about football and more or less with different approach to the game, with different skills of players, with different budget. Football is always the same. So I was saying that Premier League is an um, international league. Championship, I think championship is a is a peculiar league. I think it's the only league, different league where you can say you you play a different style of football. Is in championship because League One, League Two, you can find managers that play a really good football with really smart uh, and um, tactical ideas, uh, tactical intuition. Yeah. Uh, championship, I, you you can play tiki taka for ten minutes, then kick and rush for other twenty, <laughs> then you play counter attack for that five. So mm. it's something that you have prepared to all the scenarios of the world. Is a I think it's one of the toughest league in the world. Yeah, it definitely is. Actually, it's it's a really good point you made about the Premier League because there's still that label about English. Oh, is he able to adapt to English football? It, that doesn't exist anymore. And that, it's a great point you made. 20 years ago, yeah, maybe. But it's so rich with styles now and different football cultures just merging together in one. Every team plays differently. It's, it's a wonderful point you, you, you raised there. Um, one thing I, I do want to say though, or ask you is, 
I watched a video by Stefano Pioli and he was giving a presentation about uh, pressing high up the pitch. So his, he was showing a video of AC Milan pressing high up the pitch. And there was a moment where Alessio Romagnoli, I think I said that right, maybe, uh, steps out of the defensive line. He's, I think he's playing centre-back in that game. He steps out of the defensive line into midfield to mark a free man. And Stefano Pioli calls that breaking the lines. Now, breaking yeah. the lines in English culture is when you play a Throw pass. pass. Yeah, Throw true, pass. yeah, yeah, true. So between the centre-forwards or, or whichever yeah. position. Is that, is, that, is that something you had to adapt to when you came to England, the kind of the the different... I suppose the different language cultures in terms of how we speak about football is that is that difficult to adapt to? Uh, it's difficult, but as I said before, um, sooner or later uh, the boy will understand you. Mm-hmm. So uh, now I could coach, easy, let's say, easily in English in England. Yeah. Uh, when I when I my first experience in Birmingham, I was talking like. Uh, 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 primary, a primary kids mm-hmm. at school, so so wasn't great. Clearly, a bit better, but wasn't great. And if you find the environment that allowed you to, as I as I as I found in Crowley, to to work, and they understand who you are and the passion you have and the idea you have. That is not a problem. That if you don't say pull out, or you say pull out the defender you say okay run side so yeah. it's not proper english but they get it if they want to get it if they don't want they will never understand even if you say please pull out the defender in that direction uh, in in terms of uh, um let's say that's most of the mistake that uh, has as italian coaches when we speak english we are used to do is to, to literally translate what we learn or our um, our way to say something uh, in English. So break the line uh, in English is play a throw pass. Mm-hmm. But if you are an Italian coach, break the line in the defensive phase means that one of the defenders leave the line yeah. to be aggressive, to play man on, man to man with, uh, with the opponent. But as I said before, probably the first time you... you you shout or you explain to your play, to your player this they will not get it but mm-hmm. if you are, if you have the squad in your hands someone sooner or later will hands up and say listen Gaffer, what do you mean <laughs> okay you have to do this yeah. and ah uh, okay you have to you can say mm-hmm. this so in Crowley most of the time the, the boys help me and I, I'm not I'm I'm not uh, shy or embarrassed to say this yeah. But that's allowed us uh, to create that special environment who give us the chance to beat Norwich, to beat Sunderland, to, beat, uh, uh, to be successful until a certain point and then uh, destiny. But yeah, you broke, you, I, think, I believe you broke a record or you, you matched the club record at Crawley for that. You went the fourth in the, late, in the Carabao Cup, was it, in the club's history? Uh, no, uh, the club, yes. The club yeah. history, no, we were the first, uh, we made for the first time, we beat the Premier League club. Wow, the first time climbing the the first time in the club history, and then we equalized the record of uh, home victory, and I still remember the game who would allow us to beat the record because we were winning one nil and something like ten fifteen minutes to go. I remember well, but I will not mention the player play a ball back uh, literally uh, like a pass back to the keeper, easy to manage because we were. Uh, we, let's say we were dominating the game so we play back and 
he didn't see that there was a player there. So he turned, he flicked the ball, goal 1-1. One, one. Otherwise, uh, also that record was, uh, we had a great spell. Mm-hmm. We had a momentum where, uh, as I was saying before, um, there, were, uh, there was an aggregation. Uh, Kitman, uh, Marcus, the Kitman, or the John, the physical coach, uh, uh, all the staff, all the intern, that if you are able to create that environment, you can only be successful. And for one reason and for one other, or for another, that um, that aggregation at some point finish, and uh, and then uh, we start to lose, draw, lose, draw, lose, draw, and you lose the momentum, became other problems, and. Uh, and Especially in League Two, there's so many games. I mean, there's 46 games in the league. Never mind the cup competitions, because you'll obviously you'll have to play in the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup. The um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it used to be like the Johnson Payne Trophy is what it used to be called. I can't remember the name of what, what it is now. Um, so you have so many. Does it tour? You play like uh, the Premier Leagues under 21 sides. <coughs> I can't remember the name yes, of the competition. Uh, um, you have FA Cup uh, Carabao, and then you have uh, the. Um, the trophy that um, is, I remember the success uh, cup success because it was the area, but yeah. I think is a is a cup of the like the region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So success, success. I just can't remember the name, but I, that's the one I'm thinking. Uh, of. I just can't remember the name. Me too. My probably I never ne- learned the name. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Crawley was your first time managing in quite a while because you had worked on so many, or you had worked under so many managers. How did your tactical philosophy develop? When you took over then at Crawley, did it change from when you retired? Maybe when you retired, you had a, a, a set way of playing in your head that you wanted your teams to play. But then by the time it got to, I think it was six, seven years to Crawley, did that change much? Okay, let's say uh, that when you finish to play and you already know that you want to be a manager, mm-hmm. you have in front of you a big stone of marble square so mm-hmm. this is your football idea you know that you want to play tiki taka you want to, to want to play counter attack you want you know that you want to play um a medium aggression a high aggression this style you know that more or less you want to coach your style your coach styling is this this is the big marble if you stop at that point you will be there for the rest of your life if you start to i don't know the word in english but to to work it yeah, so like uh, to chip away. Is that, is that chip away, yes, yeah, something yeah, to chip yeah. away. Then, um, um, carefully, do some amount makes sense. Yeah. I don't know how to say. And you, you, okay, okay. Then this part you have to round because if you are too sharp, maybe you can create a conflict around you. Or if you approach your player in this way, or if you do your deal in this way, you can change this weight of coaching. You can learn. Then, 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 then. And when you get there, you have a statue in front of you, and you say, okay, okay, this is the statue. And then the the, the game is not finished because start the second challenge. You are there. Everyone say, okay. He was able to to build a statue. Now, what what can he do? What, what, he can paint. Can he paint? Can he do this? So you have to be creative and and, uh, and reinvent yourself. Be keen to learn. You have to study, especially in Italy. The games. Um, so if I look, let's say, I look an English game, uh, I'm understanding pretty easily how the manager 
prepared the game, probably not in the fine tactics, tactics, but to understand in which gap they make the game. So, for example, Manchester City is suffering as this in this area, so they you can see that they try to do the same um, progression of play to kill the opponent in that situation, and vice versa, the other manager, which way he can defend and he can attack. In Italy, it's like a, a chess game. So it's unbelievable. There are a lot of details about, uh, so it's not about a big picture. We are talking about sometimes the Italian game are so boring because are so tactical. And usually the game break it up. Mm-hmm. Let's sometimes at the end of the first half, for sure after the 60 minutes. So because the statistics say that after 60 minutes, the tactic jump up. And, and and you play, and then you play in a let's say in a in a European style. That says why I think we struggle in Europe. This is my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are too. So for us, uh, lose a game one nil or lose a game four nil uh, is uh, is the difference between uh, to keep the job or be sacked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes. Uh, but Jose Mourinho actually spoke about this before a couple of years ago when he was asked about his time at Inter Milan, of course, and he said that, uh, you know, in England, it's very much, you can see the way a team is playing and you kind of work from there. So they're going to set up in a certain way and they'll maintain that until at least half time anyway. He said in Italy, a team will set up and then within the first 10 minutes, they'll play a different way. And he said, because the manager will change something in the first 10 minutes and then he'll change it from minute 10 to minute 20. And he said, you're just constantly in a in a chess battle. What's that like, especially when you're, I mean, you managed against some of the greatest managers in the world. You managed against Jose Mourinho. You managed against Max Allegri. You managed against Luciano Spalletti, Stefano Pioli, Inzaghi too, I believe, Simone Inzaghi. You managed yeah. against all these guys. What What is it like um, being in the dugout against them? Are you, like, are they constantly changing things? Are you constantly trying to outdo what they're doing? What's that like? Mm, the approach has to be light. Because if you st- if you think that you are gonna you know, to be to be sit or standing up uh, next to the bench of uh, Pioli or Mourinho so, or Inzaghi who did an amazing job, uh, you pollute, pollute your uh, your intuition mm-hmm. and you um, you choke your personality. So you have to think that you are challenging brilliant mind who are managing brilliant player and even. And is is not. I'm not saying this. That imagine that I have a brilliant mind. I'm not challenging uh, with the brilliant player, mm-hmm. brilliant players. So you have to make brilliant your players. It's be- basically is what I did in uh, in Udine. Yeah. Uh, I changed them the mind approach because they they were and they are really good players, uh, and I think they could uh, uh, make the spark to become top players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to answer to your questions, you don't have to, you have to respect the brilliant mind on your side and yeah. so near to you, but you have to play the football you have inside. Uh, understanding that sooner or later, uh, some trap come up. <laughs> so you have to be ready to react. Yeah. You, you, For you example, thought... may, j- jump in my mind, uh, the game we play against Mourinho, 
90, mm. if I'm not wrong. Uh, it was 94 minute, it. yes, it was, because I, I rewatched it last night in preparation. No, it was it. 95 minutes. It yeah. was running almost the 90, 94, almost 95. And in the last 10 minutes plus injury time, it was basically, it was playing with all strikers, mm-hmm. all strikers on the pitch. And I made the substitution to kill him. But we missed the 2 nil, and we concede the 1 nil because of a silly penalty. So is is lack of Mourinho or is or is an experience of Chofi? Is not an experience of Chofi, but is either not is is, is not also the uh, the lack of Mourinho because he created his own lack with brave substitution, blah blah blah. So brilliant mind with brilliant players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you spoke about breaking down the game. How 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 do you break down a game then? Because this is something I'm personally interested in. Like when you're analyzing an opposition, are you looking to stick with the kind of the, they say maybe the ten phases? So high press, mid block, low block, um, build up, middle phase, and then the final tour, and then you'll have your two transitions. Is that kind of the way you look to break the game down, or how, do you do things differently? Is the way I am using with my staff to prepare the game. Mm. So. Obviously, I, I um, let's say that the analysts prepare the game uh, on the um, on the, our offensive phase and their offensive phase with uh, footages, uh, uh, slides, uh, blah blah blah, and he gives his opinion. Mm-hmm. Then the of the tactical way because he's watching nine game, ten games. Of the of the opponent against our team setting, then there is my uh, assistant and my first team assistant who watch some games too. There, you have to uh, to know that we are used to watch game on TV. So uh, the nine games is watching the analyst. Uh, we are not gonna to watch nine games. So we are because we're watching the opponent almost every every, every week. Yeah. Um, and they give me the their opinion, tactical opinion. Uh, and at the end, I have my idea. I I I always be inspired from them, or, or often. Mm-hmm. But I have my big picture, so we prepare the week, as you said. So the approach we want to have in the defensive phase: how do we behave in this, this, and that situation? That are some patterns of the opponent in terms of offensive phase, and then we analyze how we want to play. We are the uh, the gap they concede, the, the weak point, blah 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 blah, and then there is the this is the game preparation. Then there is the game because, uh, for example, against uh, Milan, we were we prepared the game in in a way. Then uh, they they change completely style of play in that game because they start to play little. We were winning also there one nil against Milan and Pioli and. Ex- an expert coach, an expert manager. I have a, a great team of him. He start to play long ball. So you can imagine Milan playing long ball, like, uh, I don't know, Cardiff in, in Championship. <laughs> I don't know if Cardiff now is playing in rush, but almost yeah. were there. Tonali was dropping long ball on Ibrahimovic uh, for 20 minutes, but they drew. So it was a, com- a completely different game. And at that time, we weren't sharp mm-hmm. to change because uh, you are emotionally involved and you start to 
to be detached. That imagine was my first game in Serie A. So I was uh, over the cloud. I, when he started to kick, I, I wasn't thinking about uh, what I could do to kill the game. I was yeah. thinking, come on, we are winning one nil. It's two minutes mm-hmm. to go. We get, we get. Now I'm seeing, okay, they are kicking a rush, which is the, the counter movement I can do to kill the game. Mm-hmm. So to clarify what I'm saying, there is a big preparation behind a game. Uh, and I, I believe I delegate a lot to mm-hmm. my staff. Of course, the, the decisions are mine, and, but I want to have a, a brilliant mind around me. Yeah. Uh, and then there is the, the real battle. And in the real battle can change game every 15 minutes and you have to be sharp and ready to do it. Well, I actually spoke about, about this with someone recently, uh, a, a top manager in Ireland, and I said that, you know, there's so many different variables in football. It stresses me, <clears throat> it stresses me out thinking about analyzing games and analy- being an analyst for teams or a coach on the sideline because you have your team set up in one way and then a player takes a touch and he slips and the other team's show and go and you're 1-0 down. There's just so many variables that you can't control that really stress me out when I when I think about the game. Um, I, I just have two more questions I'd ask you before we wrap up because I'm aware I'm coming up to time now. Um, having managed two different clubs now in Syria, what are your what what have been your biggest takeaways from from coaching in such a, a I mean it's one of the best divisions in the world it, without doubt. Um, what are your biggest takeaways and b- biggest learning experiences then that you can take away from from your experiences with Hellas Verona and with um, you? I say Udinese, but I think you said it differently. I think I've said I'm saying it wrong. You, you, how's the correct? No, Udinese, Udinese. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. Udinese, Udinese, Udinese. Yes, Udinese. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so you you ask me, um, let's say more than um, relate these uh, to. How about with players, like your baseline experiences with players, I suppose, as opposed to maybe tactics on the pitch, because we've discussed that. Was it different? I, 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 don't, I don't find, I'm not finding big difference in between uh, the boys in Crowley and the boys in, uh, in Udinese or in my last experience. Uh, because you are managing uh, uh, people first. Then you are managing players with different skills. Mm. Of course, I would lie if I would say uh, that the skills of a Udinese player are the same of a Crowley player. So that's impossible. It sounds silly. But if you're able to um, to break through their mind, literally, you have you have to seduce their, their seduce their mind. You have to uh, first that uh, coach them in terms of tactic and tech technique. You have to coach their brain. And if you have your their brain, you have all the rest of the package. Mm-hmm. So one of my biggest uh, challenge when I start a season a season is to create uh, aggregation, to create to create uh, hard work. Of course, uh, competence, hard work is all part of the package. But first goal is create an environment where there are three, <clears throat> basically three rules. Work, work, and work. And after that, there is a, a, a small comma, respect people. And then you can you can be successful or not. This is my way to work. Um, so I had a, a stop now, but I keep going to think in this way. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm saying to myself, okay, probably I had a stop. I have to ask to myself what I could do better. And for sure, we do better next night. The next time. Yeah. 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 It was a great. Uh, answer. Sorry. Uh, 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 I, I have an awful habit of when I'm really interested in listening to someone, I, I, I forget that I'm hosting a podcast. So when I'm uh, so invested, I genuinely forget. That's my bad. I, I, no, no, because I'm scared every time. I'm scared every time to do to play around and don't answer you, or maybe my English. No, no, no. Yet, you've so. answered everything. Okay. You've answered everything okay. correctly. You, you haven't okay, scared okay. any questions. I've been, I've been okay. delighted. I've just been very interested. But the last question, and this is always my favorite, just for my own. I've just, I, I personally love this question. But anyway, maybe the listeners don't. I don't know. Um, who, who have been your biggest coaching inspirations throughout your career? So it doesn't need to be coaches you've worked under. It can be coaches that you, or managers or teams even that you have loved watching over the years that you've, you've. You, taken so many ideas from to kind of develop your own footballing philosophy so you did you use the word inspired or mm-hmm. not yeah uh, i'm inspired every day uh, there is a friend of mine he's, he's coaching in seventh division in italy he inspired me mm-hmm. i'm inspired by watching uh, top names or uh, uh, poor names in terms not poor because they are not because they are maybe are not in the pages or in the first pages of the, the sport paper. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to watch session. I've been recently and I will go again soon to watch uh, um, some week of uh, third division coaches in Italy, uh, second division coach in Italy. Uh, I'm learning from the interview. I'm learning from big game in Premier League in Serie A. So I think if you ask me, there is someone special, a special person or a special coach? No, uh, because I think you have to. Uh, I, I think maybe is too too easy if I say you have to be yourself, but you have a to to show your brand. You're this. Mm-hmm. I'm this. Okay, then I'm this. But okay, I'm keen to hear to. Uh, to hear, I'm keen to listen. I'm keen uh, to to watch. I'm keen to talk, discuss, um, and and be inspired from everyone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm I'm open. I think uh, if you if if you are inspired from the top, uh, for example, I had the pleasure. Uh, to go to visit, uh, it was very kind. Is a, a, a top gentleman, Carlo Ancelotti, uh, in Real Madrid, uh, inspired me. Basically, don't speaking about football. <laughs> so, what can inspire you? Everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that's. Yeah, no, that's I, I agree. I, I, everything can inspire you. You're, you're, you're so right. I think you don't have to just be inspired in your line of work. You can be inspired by everything. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was a, a genuinely a pleasure to speak to you. And, and, and My pleasure. My I pleasure. wish you all the best for the future. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Yeah. To so, all the listeners. Uh, no, I was, no, no, I was no, joking. To... Say, support me. Eh? <laughs> 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 and my next yeah. team, you'll be the first supporter. I absolutely will. I actually, I don't know if you noticed, I wrote an article about you uh, a couple of months back, kind of previewing your um, the tactics you'd use at Hellas Verona. It was in the summer, so I looked at your time at Udinese and your time at Crawley Town to kind of make a prediction. But it was it was very diff- difficult because I, I feel they were just so different. They were just big, 
I've to go from Crawley Town, obviously to to Udinese, there's a big gaps in tactically and quality. So it was quite it was quite difficult. I, I tried my best anyway. Um, but yeah. genuinely, again, thank you so much for joining me, Gabriella. Was, my pleasure, uh, my pleasure, either. my pleasure. Be in touch. Whatever you want, uh, we can do it again. To all the listeners at home, I hope you enjoyed as well. And make sure to tune in on Monday as we have a new episode of TFA Scouted for you all. And make sure to rate the podcast too and share it with your followers, friends, and families as it really helps us to grow. Thank you all for listening and goodbye for now.